Podcast Movies Edition, presented by Phil Hinton. Hello and welcome to December's Movies Podcast. Coming up, we have the latest DVD, Blu-ray and HD DVD news and reviews. And we also have our Christmas messages for 2007. And as always, I'm joined by the AV Play Review team. We have Kaz. Hello, hi, Kaz. Oh, yeah. We also have uh, Chris McAnini. Hi, Chris. Hello. And running up the panel this week is Simon. Hi, Simon. Hi. Okay, so we'll kick off, as always, with the cinema news. And uh, first up, let's go to Simon. And Simon, what do you have coming for us in the theatres? Well, um, to be honest, there's not really much that's taken my uh, taken my fancy. Um, but one thing that did sort of uh, spring to mind or open my eyes a little bit is there's a new version of St. Trinian's that's, that's coming out um, on the 21st purely because I've seen a few uh, screen grabs and it just sort of mm, yeah this might be quite an entertaining film I love the uh, the old uh, original films uh, the black and white ones they were they were just absolutely funny hysterically funny I remember watching them when I was um, very very young and the prospect of seeing an all new one it bodes yes it could be great or could it be another carry on columbus when they are trying to be so funny but it just won't work um however i think there's gonna be plenty of eye candy so that's uh, something i'm hoping to go and see yeah i saw those uh, same uh, screen grabs in the sun as well this week uh, so i know <laughs> what you're talking about i'll be there anything else simon um well one for the kids will be alvin and chipmunks released on the same day that's really really one for the kids um i mean my my uh my youngest one, he's, uh, he's jumping up and down wanting to see that one. Um, and I'm guessing I'm going to have my arm twisted to go and see that, but uh, we'll see. So you're saying the same day, what day of release is that? That's the 21st of this month. Okay, and uh, moving on, we'll go to Chris. Uh, Chris, what do you have? Oh, come on now. Boxing Day sees release of I Am Legend, the third take on Richard Matheson's seminal vampire novel from 1954. It's now Will Smith playing the last man on Earth, the last normal man on Earth, that is. Um, in a plague-riddled society where he holds up in his fortress in New York by night and then goes out hunting during the day to kill off the only other survivors who happen to be mutant vampires. And uh, boy, do I love this story. Um, the Charlton Heston version from the 70s, the, the Omega Man, is an absolute all-time favourite of mine. The Vincent Price first-ever version called The Last Man on Earth is a classic as well. And I really, really have got high hopes of this. Sadly, I've already seen um, a lot of reviews from the States. Some good, some bad, some very indifferent. So it's, it's one of those. There's, there's no hard and fast rule on this. Advanced Word isn't spectacular, but I've got really high hopes. I love the story to bits, and I cannot wait to see this. It's one man and his dog against the world of the undead. How can you go wrong? That is out on the 26th of December, Boxing Day, which is actually brought forward because it's meant to, it was meant to be next year. It was like um, start of January it was coming out, so I'm quite pleased that it's made it in before the end of the year. Okay, so uh, thanks for that, Chris. And uh, moving on, it's time for Kaz. Kaz, what do you have? I was looking at um, this new film, P.S. I Love You. I suddenly remembered 
what it is. I've seen the trailer for this. This is the movie about uh, Hilary Swank losing her husband and discovering that he's left lots of messages for her to get over his passing over the coming months. I remember seeing the trailer and just thinking, oh my God, how would you ever get over that without the need of about six psychiatrists? Just to to get over him, I I didn't see it happening. And so I have to point out this movie coming out as a beacon to me that we have run out of ideas because this is just awful. How could they make a romantic comedy about this? So that's my comment for this month's cinema lineup. Okay, so that rounds up our cinema news for this month. And coming next, we have the disc news. For up-to-the-minute AV discussion and hardware reviews, visit avforums.com. And moving on, it's now time for the disc news, and uh, I think we'll go to Chris first this time round. So, Chris, what news do you have? Well, coming to Blu-ray, March 28th, 2008, is the big monster movie, Godzilla. Uh, Rated PG-13, who remembers this pile of absolute CG clag? Um, starring Matthew Broderick, um, Jean Reno, Hank Azaria, directed by Roland Emmerich. Oh dear, oh dear! This was the uh, the big budget Hollywood remake of you know the, the Toho Studios classic, <laughs> if you like that kind of thing. Man in a rubber suit, monster rampages. Um, it was huge at the time, but it was also lambasted by virtually everybody. It's it it may look fantastic to be honest on Blu-ray, and let's have a little look at it. it's it's. It's 1080p, it's in 2.35 to 1, and it's coming with English PCM 5.1. So it could sound and look fantastic. Uh, The film, of course, is clag. But then again, you might like that kind of thing. Uh, It hasn't got much of extras. It's got a featurette behind the scenes of Godzilla with Charles Kamen. A montage, all-time best of Godzilla fight scenes. Dearie me. Well, that's a bit of a kick because there's no fight scenes in the new Godzilla one, isn't there? So if they're going to rehash the old Toho ones, that's just like, you know, showing how naff they were in the first place, remaking it. The music video Heroes by the Wallflowers. And apparently there's a few more things as well, but they're not actually um, listed as yet. So I'm afraid that's one that I would be avoiding like the plague because it's complete and utter rubbish. As Jonathan Ross would say, you can't polish a turd. Okay, moving on, uh, Simon? Yeah, a couple of things have uh, piqued my interest. Um, Big one for me, I think, um, next year, March 25th, is from Paramount, and it's the second original series of Star Trek. Now, we all know how good the first um, season come out, um, just been released last month. Spectacular 10-disc set. Brilliant sound, brilliant picture, and more extras than you can shake a stick at. Well, um, there's not much to say about this one yet because it's so far in the future. Um, but I suspect it's going to be as good, if not better. All, all, all I can tell you at the moment is there's behind-the-scenes footage. It's going to be 1080p um, with its original aspect ratio. So uh, although I'm looking forward to that one, I can't really tell you much more about it. Okay, folks, here's one I'm really looking forward to. This was delayed from this year. Uh, Master and Commander, the far side of the world... Russell Crowe goes ocean-going in the old Napoleonic Wars. Brilliant, brilliant movie. Um, I loved it a bit. It certainly put you on board, you know, one of these these old Napoleonic seafaring warships. Brilliant drama. Great, great film. Um, now, it had one of the best DTS tracks that I've ever heard. In fact, not just DTS tracks, one of the best tracks that I've heard at all 
totally realistic, fully immersive stuff. So, you know, we're hoping for great things from this. Um, it's got it's coming first with the DTS HD lossless master audio. So it should sound absolutely fantastic. It's an AVC MPEG-4. Uh, we have some featurettes on it. Weighing Anchor, Shipboard Life, Superstition, Dentistry, Articles of War, and a theatrical trailer. There's also some um, HD exclusive content, although they don't sound particularly fantastic to me. Historical and Geographical Pop-Up Map. Hmm. And the Search Content Index. Now, I wonder if these are the things, uh, sort of Blu-ray Java style, which is what caused it to be delayed in the first place. Because I certainly was looking forward to this, what seemed like a while ago, and then it got bumped back. So it's actually due out February the 5th, 2008. Um, and, yeah, that's a major thumbs up from me, and I can't wait for it. Well, the thing I've uh, that's um, piqued my interest second time round, uh, this time is, is a standard DVD, actually, Region 2, um, coming out 11th of February, and it's uh, The Phantom Carriage. Now, uh, anyone who knows me knows I quite like the old silent classic films, and this one um, is, a, is a particular favourite of mine. Um, this one's coming to us by uh, Tartan Video, um, and they're actually releasing it in two separate editions, uh, what they've termed a KL-KTL edition. Um, it says here it's uh, atmospheric evocative new score. But what I particularly like about this one is uh, it's being presented in its 1.33 full frame, but it's being sounded with an uncompressed CD quality PCM stereo. Um, now that's quite unique I think for a DVD um, I and mean, we're always to hearing that on, uh, on the high definition stuff but for, a, for a, a standard edition DVD that's going to be quite interesting. So I'm quite looking forward to that one. The second, uh, second edition it's bringing out is, uh, is a two desk feature with um, a whole host of extras. This is, this is going to be a, a very, very in- interesting disc this one actually. Um, from a from a terrific story and um, from one of the masters of cinema, looking forward to this one. Uh, so moving on, and uh, Kaz, what do you have for us? Well, I'm quite looking forward to Elizabeth: The Golden Age on HD DVD. When the first movie came out, best part of ten years ago, I think um, I missed it at cinema. I missed it on DVD, and uh, it's only now that I'm getting it for Christmas on HD DVD. Um, so when the second one comes out, which will be February the fifth. I'll uh, I'll be definitely getting that to catch up on the second instalment. It's about time I sort of tapped into this particular historical gem. Um, for those who don't know, it's Kate Blanchett, Jeffrey Rush returning from the first movie, uh, Kate Blanchett, Elizabeth the Virgin Queen, and uh, this time she's paired up with um, Clive Owen as Sir Walter Riley, and um, the disc itself. It comes in your usual, your 1080p, it's 2.35 as the theatrical aspect ratio. We get Dolby True HD and uh, your standard digital 5.1. We also get a bunch of extra features on the disc, including featurettes and deleted scenes. And I can't wait for this to hit the shores. Uh, there's also Bonnie and Clyde coming out on HD DVD. That's one of those classics. Uh, Warren Beatty, one of those actors who just doesn't do enough movies. I don't know how many he's done in his career. It feels like only about 15, 20. And he's had quite a long uh, time in movies. He just hasn't made many. But most of them are, are as good as classics. Bonnie and Clyde, one of his earlier movies, is certainly up there with the best. Uh, him and uh, Faye Dunaway as 
the titular Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, finally getting it on HD DVD, um, complete with 1080p picture and a bunch of what I, who, what I assume to be new documentaries um, and deleted scenes. That, that should be something that people are going to be wanting to pick up. Um, that's released March 25th on HD DVD and that's another one to look out for. Okay, thanks Kaz. And uh, moving back to Chris to wrap up the disc news for this month. Yeah, um, Sony Pictures are bringing out on Region 1 standard discs um, a couple of vintage Ray Harryhausen movies that have been out umpteen times before, but they're coming out in two-disc two special editions. It Came From Beneath the Sea, which is the one with the giant octopus, Airfest of the Flying Saucers, Camp Silly, but it's, it's kind of fun as well. They're coming out on the 15th of January, and um, the, the major selling point about these is that they're, they're the colourised versions. I think the the original black and white versions are there too. Now, before you all start scoffing, I have just seen the um, colourised Blu-ray edition of 20 Million Miles to Earth, which was the best of Harryhausen's earlier movies. Still ropey in many places, but much, much more enjoyable. And I have to say, with my hand on my heart, I was absolutely, totally astounded by how good the colourised versions look. Forget all those painted screens and horrible um, versions of Lauren Hardy that came out back in the, what, 80s and 90s. Colourisation has now undergone a whole new, you know, technological advance, and it looks incredible. Now, obviously, I, I can go on 20 million miles to Earth, but the depth and clarity of the saturation looks genuine. It looks like the, looks like the film was actually, you know, filmed in colour. It doesn't look like it's just been added onto it at all. So I would expect great things from these. The same company, Legend Films, has done these as well. Now, okay, the films are ropey, but they've got quite a roster of extra features on them. You've got documentaries on Ray Harryhausen. You've got commentaries from Ray, the great man himself, usually with um, a roster of other you know, visual effects artists to join him. And he's very, very good. Clocking on a bit now, but going on, again, going on the uh, 20 million miles to Earth, he sounds great, his memory's up there, and you know, he's very entertaining. You have vintage documentaries, featurettes, and look, you know, a look at stop motion. That, oh, here you go. Tim Burton sits down with Ray Harryhausen. This is on It Came From Beneath the Sea. Now, <laughs> this is also on the, uh, the document, the uh, 20 million miles to earth, and it's lousy because <laughs> Tim Burton, the rambling, mumbling fool that he can be when he isn't actually directing a film, uh, it just, just makes a mockery of any kind of interview. It's just He's just totally in awe of the guy. But, you know, it's still a bit of fun to see, I suppose. Um, FS and Flying Saucers, again, the same sort of things. It's a very similar roster of uh, extra features, which is a little bit disappointing. <laughs> I really thought they would have, you know, taken a, a unique look at each individual film, but it doesn't appear to be the case. Anyway, they're coming out on 15th January, so all lovers of vintage monster creature features should be able to lap them up, if only to see them in their colourised glory. So, there you go. Okay, thanks Chris, and uh, that wraps up our disc news for this month, and coming next, we have our reviews. The biggest news, and the best, best, best reviews. Best reviews. Hard, tiring work. You're listening to the AV Podcast. And first of all, this month, we go to Kaz, who has a bit of Willis for us. Well, I was the lucky recipient of the Die Hard quadrilogy um, on Blu-ray. came in a beautiful little container which appears to be fat enough to house maybe two uh, standard Blu-rays, but uh, it actually has... They've got all four films in there, um, and I was 
absolutely up to my eyeballs and terrorists. It's fantastic to have Bruce Willis back. It was really um, a high point for me uh, of the whole return of the 80s action stars. And I think Sly's done it great, and I'm looking forward to um, the new Rambo film. But my favourite comeback so far has been Bruce Willis in Live Free or Die Hard, or Die Hard 4.0, depending which side of the ocean you're on. Um, And with Christmas coming, what better than to celebrate with all four films released in one Blu-ray pack? Um, For those who don't know, this is the long and very painful story of one of the most unlucky people in the world. He must rival Jack Bauer for uh, being unlucky. Um, We're talking John McClane here. We're talking the man who got stuck in his wife's uh, Christmas party in Nakatomi Plaza, which gets taken over by terrorists led by Alan Rickman, and he has to save the day single-handedly, barefoot, with a pistol. Um, Great fun. And it was uh, a seminal... Uh, starting movie, one of those classic action movies back in the day when uh, it was all about swear words and violence and, uh, you know, just it, th- that was the way things went in movies like that. Uh, this one, it had a story, it, ha- it had thrills, it had suspense, it, it, was, um, it was a quality piece of action movie making. And uh, it's paved the way for the future for a lot of other movies and for sequels to it, which I have to say didn't start off well because we got Die Hard 2, which is a couple of years later. It's just about, for me, much of a rehash of the first movie. Now, I do say in my review, and I do stand up to it, I reckon the first time you watch this movie, it's actually a lot better um, because of the surprises that are in store. And there are quite a few along the way. It's just... On rewatch value, they don't work, and so it's it's clearly not as classic as the first one. And the with the, without those surprises, you just end up sitting along and plodding along on what is just a um, a, a formulaic second instalment. The third one, which was apparently a script for a Lethal Weapon sequel, um, has been twisted to have Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson as the two heroes in it. Uh, Willis is cop and uh, Sam Jackson is just a shopkeeper who's in his own way uh, become extremely racist because of his belief in the racism around him. And uh, you partner those two up for some of the best dialogue in in the entire series of movies. Um, And that was a great and very original addition to the Die Hard uh, franchise. And then a massive, like, 12, 13-year gap, and you get uh, Live Free or Die Hard, uh, which could have been absolutely awful. And I have to say, the studios did their best to try and make it awful, by stripping it of swear words and blood and making it a PG-13. But Bruce Willis's John McClane, I reckon he fought right through that. And even in its PG-13 version, this is a really enjoyable action thriller. It, it can't really be topped. I hope they don't do another one. It's a, a final goodbye to John McClane. And uh, the stunts are clearly getting a little bit silly, particularly towards the tail end of the movie. But for the most part, it's good old diehard back to basics. Um, I have to point out that uh, on Blu-ray, the biggest no-no that 
the studios have done is they've included the PG-13 cut. And so right at the outset, you're not going to get that yippee in its full glory, and you're not going to get him swearing as much as you'd expect him to, or as much violence. And I think that that's wrong. And it's especially wrong in the box set, when you've got uh, two other 18s and one effectively 15 movie, and you've got them all thrown into the mix with this PG-13 cut. It doesn't make any sense. It's just... Uh, it, it's illogical, and it's making people go out and buy an alternative cut. But that's just an aside, because you've still got four great movies here, and by anyone's maths, you're going to find that the, the release of uh, Live Free and Die Hard, coupled with the others, is going to be um, a quality deal. Now, in terms of technical specs, all of the previous editions had a special edition treatment fairly recently on DVD. I have to say the video and the audio for the first two movies doesn't look as good as you'd like on Blu-ray. It doesn't look like they've gone to a great deal of trouble to make it better than the DVD releases. Uh, the third one is significantly better, but if you compare all three of those movies to the most recent one, um, the fourth movie you'll find that it just looks stunning on Blu-ray. And, okay, you're not going to get the, the first adventure out looking that good, but it would have been nice if they'd made more of an effort. So, um, video a bit disappointing on the first two, pretty good on the third one, and outstanding on the last one. Uh, the audio follows much the same pattern. If you can pair it across the board, you've got a near-perfect uh, soundtrack the latest edition, and they don't seem to have polished up or improved the original ones as much as you would have hoped they, they can do with technology these days. The extras, you're porting over most of the stuff from the recent DVD special editions, although we do lose a few featurettes here and there, which is a bit disappointing. Um, and the fourth movie, of course, comes with everything uh, that you, would, you get with the DVD edition of Live Free or Die Hard. And, that, and it also comes with a couple of Blu-ray exclusive uh, games, those BD Java games, which I have to say are a bit gimmicky, but it's nice to have them there. Overall, it's a great box set. Um, you can't go wrong with getting this, and you can't go wrong with giving it as a Christmas present. It's a great deal. And if you like John McClane and you like the Die Hard movies and you haven't seen the fourth one, just pick up this box set. It's a way of remembering the old ones and taking in the new. It's fantastic news. Okay, thanks for that, Kaz, and moving swiftly on, it's time for Chris. So, Chris, what do you have for us? Okay, well, I had a look at um, Werner Herzog's uh, take on the true life dramatic story of um, Dieter Dengler, an American Navy pilot who was shot down in the early days of the Vietnam War. It's only had a very recent cinema release, but you know, it, it's been released um, on American Blu ray, Region A, this is. And uh, what a great film it is, too. I love Vietnam War dramas, and I. I love anything that Christian Bale is in. And once again, the great man has shrunk down to almost skeletal dimensions to portray the, uh, the, the, the haggard and harassed uh, POW because after he's shot down, literally 10 minutes into his, uh, his first sortie across enemy territory, this is a guy who wanted to fly, couldn't wait to fly, didn't particularly want to fight a war, but just wanted to get you know, in a plane and go scooting across the sky. 10 minutes into his first mission, Boom! Wing taken off. Down he goes. Oh dear. They've only had literally a few minutes of um, on-the-ground training as to how to escape and evade enemy pursuers. And so he'll be needing all his Lucasade energy to get through this one. Sadly, of course, after about a day, he's caught. He's caught. He's tortured. 
lots of horrible things happen, and he ends up in a rather nasty little stockade in the middle of nowhere. We're, well, we're in Laos, but it's completely way off the beaten track. Thereupon, he meets a few other ragtag American POWs who are either zonked out to hell and back and are dreaming of being given their freedom, or they really are at the end of their tether and they're emotionally wrecked. And this is where the harrowing part comes in. Steve Zahn, who is a you know more renowned for his comedic turns in movies, um, and you know he gets quite a ba- bit of a bad rap many times. I quite like the guy. I don't know why, but I just do. And in this film, he's an absolute revelation. In fact, it says that in a lot of the uh, the advertising blurb, Steve Zahn is a revelation. We think, yeah, how much of one? Tremendous. Covered in you know facial you know hair of you know, years of growth after being kept in in this horrible prison cell. Um, he's wasted away as well. And the two of them hit it off because the one thing about Dieter Dengler, which is apparently very true, is that he. The, his saving grace was his upbeat personality. No matter what happened to him, no matter what they did, no matter what horrible uh, tortures they put upon them, the guy always had a smile on his face. He always, he was sharp. He, he kept, you know, he knew how to g the spirits up of the other people, and he would answer his interrogators back. And he would, you know, he didn't care. He just didn't care. Look, there's nothing you can do to me because my spirit will not be broken. And in that respect, it's a very, very inspirational tale. Um. Of course, it's the tale of two halves because, you know, it's not it's not a spoiler to say that they do manage to escape. But the point is that the the inhospitable environment outside is possibly going to be far far worse than the uh, the degradations and torture they're receiving on the inside. So it's a it's a really gut wrenching tale. Now I'm saying gut wrenching, I'm saying harrowing, but there's a very strange feel about this movie as fantastically portrayed as you know Christian Bale once again absolutely top top of the game brilliant and Steve Zahn are um, uh, you know make it convincing you that they've been through hell and you know this is they've got to get through this and you know your heart is in your mouth sometimes and uh, but they don't actually Herzog doesn't really show you a great deal of really nasty stuff taking place the film is remarkably a PG-13, which I was quite surprised by because it's it's very brutal subject matter. And although it doesn't shy away from the uh, the horrors of war and um, incarceration behind enemy lines, it's it doesn't really go that explicit either. So it's kind of tempered by the fact that it's not that graphic. So, you know, I wouldn't have too many reservations about people going, like, oh, I don't want that kind of thing. It's going to be horrible. Ooh, I don't want to see that. It isn't like that. But... Anyway, um, it's a tremendous, tremendous movie. Uh, Christian Bale, as I say, is an absolute, you know, he, again, always, always comes up with the goods. And uh, Steve's on. There's definitely a couple of moments there where you, you're going to have a lump in your throat. Anyway, recommend the movie. Now, as far as this picture goes, it's MPEG-4. It's a 1.85 to 1 and uh, 1080p, obviously. Now, it has flashes of absolute greatness the image can be very, very sharp when it comes to the foreground. Um, and certainly, apart from a few stock shots of the real-life footage of napalm strikes and um, US aircraft carriers, which have stippled the grain, but they're, they're vintage shots, you're going to expect that anyway. The movie itself is really, really lush. The colours are fantastic. You've got the jungles there, and you've got so many different shades of green going on. It's just unbelievable. Very, very well done. Colour saturation is superb. Muzzle flashes from guns, explosions, the napalm. It, it's 
brilliantly done. And as I say, but the backgrounds have this kind of softness to them. And so it's not, it's never going to be at the top, you know, the top range of, of you know, Blu-ray transfers. But it certainly, you know, passes muster for me. Detail is very good as well. Again, for close-up stuff, detail on the rocks, in the bamboo, um, the, the, the characters' faces. It's, you know, it can be very, very pristine. But it's just, you know, again, further back. We tend to lose a little bit. Anyway, it's good enough for me. Sound, DTS HD Master Lossless Track, which I still can't hear um, to its fullest. Uh, not many people can, I know. But it's great. What you do here is absolutely wonderful. Um, very, very uh, dynamic when it, when it comes to it. It's, uh, the initial explosion is superb as he, as he crash lands. You've got lots of directionality. Great, great bass levels. I mean, really gut-rumbling stuff. It's tremendous. The score... From Klaus Badelt, who um, is a, a protege of um, Hans Zimmer, but does some very good tracks in his own right. It's it's a strange it's a strange score, but it, it's very very well integrated into the movie. Um, it's not it's kind of not what you expect from a war film or an action movie um, of man against nature, which is what half this this film is certainly about. Uh, which of course stays true to Werner Herzog's main obsession, Man Against Nature, the guy who came up with Fitzcarraldo and Aguirre, Wrath of God and all that. Um, and of course Grizzly Man, a couple of years ago. Extras-wise, uh, there's quite a few things on here. You've got a, a very good comedy track from Werner Herzog, um, who is very erudite and he loves his cast, really talks about the, the qualities that they brought to the movie. Um, his attention to detail is very good. His obsessional side is still brought to the fore on many an occasion, and but it's, his enthusiasm is definitely boundless for the story. He'd actually done a documentary about Dieter Dengler, the real life guy, uh, a couple of years beforehand, and it was Dengler himself who said, "Well, you've only told half my story. You need to make a movie about this." You know, blowing his own trumpet there, but then again, it's a good story to tell, and uh, it's what, that's what convinced Herzog to. You know, take the bull by the horns and, and plunge into the jungle again to tell the story. You've got some deleted scenes. They're not particularly fantastic, but it's nice to see them here. Then you have a, a multi-part documentary. Uh, now, I hate these things as a rule because, you know, it's all obviously called from the same thing, but you've got the, luckily you've got a play-all option on it, so you can just waltz through it all. Now, it tells various as- aspects of the, of the, the film's production, uh, from Dieter Dengler's De- um, tale itself to the casting of the movie um, how they trained for it then you have one on the air that well the sound of war the music of rescue dawn um, they're okay they're really of a one watch only sort of variety but you know it's not bad that they they've fleshed the uh, the disc out a little bit then you've actually got some uh, some blu-ray exclusive stuff uh, where you've got a pop-up trivia track called before the dawn which is mission secrets uh, this is pretty good there's quite a lot of um, you know, facts and information brought up here, which is pretty cool. Then you have another BD exclusive feature, which is called Honouring the Brave, an interactive memorial, which allows you to browse the Vietnam War Memorial and read about the exploits of several people who had perished in the conflict. But now this is where it comes in. This is where it gets very, very sticky because the, the user interface is terrible, um, as are the menus, in fact, because I don't know what, I don't know who dragged up these menus. Writing's very small, and when you highlight a particular feature, a little line will underline it. Sounds fairly simple, doesn't it? Can you see that line being highlighted? No, you can't. Even if you go right up close. So you don't know what the hell you're, 
your highlighting, and it's a bit hit and miss as to what comes up. But you know that's that's a, a bit of a caveat there. But you know, with a bit of diligence, a bit of dangler spirit, you'll get through it all. There's also a stills gallery uh, and a theatrical trailer, and all in all. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought the film was great. It's a strangely told story. It's not what you expect, but it's a, it's inspirational. It's very moving, and it's downright enjoyable as well. I gave the film an 8 out of 10, and I would give the picture quality... What did I give that? I gave that an 8. The sound, I would give a 9. It's, it's, it's nice and dynamic. It's what you expect from a you know, a gung-ho action flick, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. Extras, I gave it an 8, because there's a fair bit in there, and even though they're remarkably, um, they're not particularly comprehensive, it does throw in a lot of facts and stuff. So overall, Rescue Dawn gets an 8 from me, and I do recommend it. Okay, Chris, so uh, moving on from the Vietnam War, uh, classic sci-fi, what have you got there? Classic sci-fi indeed, yes. Um, Ray Harryhausen, I, I touched on briefly before about the what's up, up and coming from his, his back catalogue of very early movies. It came from beneath the sea and earth first of the flying saucers. But his third venture for the illustrious movie producer Charles H. Schneer is uh, 20 million miles to earth. This is the one with Emir, the uh, the little Venusian reptilian demon thing, which gets brought back in an American rocket, which crash, crashes into the, the, the sea off the coast of Sicily with only one survivor on board. And this little creature in his little je- jelly sort of... Um, <laughs> I don't know, Chrysalis. Uh, of course, he grows to be rather large and rake havoc through the uh, the ruins of Rome. Um, it's quite well known as to why this film is set in Rome. Ray Harryhausen wanted to visit Europe. and He wrote a script where it took him to Europe. So that's exactly why it's not set in New York or Los Angeles or Las Vegas or anywhere like that. It's set in Rome. And it, make, it does paint a rather unique sort of um, image Instead of American squad, American GIs running about firing their Tommy guns at the at a beast that really actually isn't there, you've got lots of Italian fellas running around with their little pop guns. Um, and the thing about the little tiny Emir, he doesn't stay tiny for very long. Once he starts breathing in Earth's atmosphere, and he's got a bit of a taste for sulphur, he begins to grow and grow and grow and grow. And he's painted as not being a particularly nasty creature at first when he makes his escape from uh, the, the scientists who have him. Um, he goes on a little jaunt through the countryside he meets some horses he meets a flock of sheep he doesn't hurt them at all even a little lamb that gets lost he just kindly investigates it and then moves along his way doesn't harm them at all the music tells a different story of course the music makes you realise hang on a minute this is a great big ferocious beast he's going to cause some you know, bedlam very soon and lo and behold when he goes into a little, little farmhouse barn he has a bit of a set to with a dog and a farmer Check out the farmer, folks, because the, if you remember the two Ronnies from years ago, they had an ongoing series called the, the Phantom Raspberry Blower. And Ronnie Corbett used to put on these fake eyebrows and a fake tash. Well, I swear to God, it must be modelled on this farmer because it's an absolute dead ringer. Look on the site, I've put a picture of him on it. It is Ronnie Corbett. It's unbelievable. A slight digression there. But the film is tremendously good fun. So badly acted by the humans, though. Uh, the, the typical thing about a Ray Harryhausen movie, um, yes, we, we, the creatures are fantastic, but the humans are bloody lousy. And in this particular one, you have one of the world's worst of all time, a fellow called William Hopper, who plays the surviving American from the um, 
the crashed spacecraft from the this doomed Venusian survey. Uh, God, he's awful. And of course, he stays with the uh, the, the plot. The minute he's brought his nurse back to life, he stays with it. He follows the beast to Rome, and oh, he battles it and all this. Oh, but he's he's absolutely as wooden as they come. Terrible, terrible. Uh, but then again, it's part of the charm of these films. And you would say that people always say it's part of the charm of these clunky old vintage movies. But it certainly is, and you know, I love it. It's great. Now, the thing about this disc again. It's colorized. You have the black and white version, the original black and white version, restored and remastered, but you also have the same film uh, redone in glorious, lustrous color by a company called Legend Films, who are making a bit of a name for themselves by doing these things now. And what a job they've done. It looks absolutely amazing. As Ray Harryhausen himself says, the film would have been done in, in color had they been able to afford it at the time. And looking at it now, well, you swear to God this was the original film? And they had done it in colour. The, 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 the image, the saturation of the colours is spot on. Absolutely spot on. Hair, facial detail, eyes, costumes, scenery. It looks convincing. There's a great scene very early on which proves all this where you have uh, this strange sort of laboratory actually in the Pentagon and uh, you have lots of blinking lights on uh, this control console on the wall. You have the, the, the general, another lousy actor, uh, bedecked in his uh, insignia and his medals. Well, if you look at all the medals and the gleam on his badges and things, it's so it's it's absolutely pristine. It's really, really well done. Now, again, this is Blu-ray, 1080p. Now, you've got both versions on this disc and you can toggle between the two. Little word of warning to Samsung owners, if you whatever you try and do, you will have the multi-angle icon in the top of your screen the entire duration of the movie and nothing you do will shift that I know of two different makes of Samsung now which are suffering it so I, I'm presuming they've probably all got the same sort of ailment uh, it's a 1.85 to 1 um, it looks as I say fantastic for a film from 1957 the, the detail is incredible um, you have grain fluctuations on it which are perhaps more apparent on the uh, well, the colorized version, it just seems to enhance it. And again, if you compare it to the old standard edition, which I've also got, uh, it, the grain seems to be a little bit more stippled because of the the extra resolution. Um, but beyond that, you know, there's, there's very little edge enhancement, very little actual damage to the uh, the movie because with the colorization process, that actually restores and removes a lot of the uh, the old nicks and pops and you know hairlines that were already there. It's it's a it's a great process and. Uh, Extra features-wise, you've got quite a bit. You've got a great commentary track from uh, Ray Harryhausen. Um, he's joined by Dennis Muir and Phil Tippett, who are other visual artists, uh, visual effects artists, and it's great. His memories of the film are pretty good. There's only a few lapses here and there, but uh, he knows his stuff, and it's riveting. He's, he's, a, he's a great bloke. He also appears in a few other uh, little features on it. There's a feature on the colorization process where we get to find out why he allowed his film to be done this way, and he meets the people who are going to be doing it. You can quite clearly see how impressed he is with their, you know, their efforts. Uh, what else do we have? A digital sneak peek of the twenty million miles, twenty million miles more comic book. Now this is interesting. Now this is just basically it's, it's the first few pages of the first installment of a, of a graphic novel, which is coming out. I don't think it's out yet, but I think it's on the way soon. Which is like a modern day follow up to this the story. Of this film looks quite good. And I'll certainly be getting that. You have a documentary, a nostalgic documentary called Remembering 20 Million Miles to Earth. Now, again, you've got filmmakers, you've got effects people in there. Lasts about 20, maybe 25 minutes. 
It's Ray Harryhausen is there, is, is there as well. A few clips from it. It's it's great. Uh, it's it's a nice nostalgic look back. You've got the likes of Terry Gilliam actually crops up in there as well, which is nice to see. Uh, and you know, a lot of people you know regale us with the fact that if it wasn't for Ray Harryhausen, they'd never have got into films themselves. Um, and of course, the ultimate accolade would also have to be paid by Tim Burton, who sits down for a little one-on-one chat with the great man himself, um, and they play with a couple of models so the. You know, flying saucers from Earth versus the flying saucers, and it's uh, it's stuttering, it's rambling, it's a bit of a mess because of Tim Burton, who, true to form, is ju- it doesn't really know where he's going, what he's going to say next, and uh, it can be slightly cringeworthy at times. But Harry Harrison is there, and you know he takes you know the ship by the wheel and steers it through. You've also got an interview with Joan Taylor, who plays the the supposedly beautiful. Um, granddaughter of the Italian scientist who also becomes the love interest she regales us with tales of the old studio days and you know it's, it's, it's interesting but it doesn't just cover this movie it covers it and other exploits with uh, Harry Harryhausen movies and other producers uh, you have original ad artwork you have a great feature which is very unusual now, being a lover of film soundtracks this was great because this is a fella called David Schechter never heard of him don't know what he does and it's David Schechter on film music's unsung hero now, he's talking at length, about 25 minutes, about the guy who did the, uh, the, the scoring of a lot of these old vintage Columbia B-movies. Now, this is a guy who would not compose his own stuff. He would rifle through Columbia's vaults and archives and nick stuff from their library of, of musical effects and cues and tracks. I'm, you know, I'm not a fan of that style of you know, scoring a film, obviously. But the more this, this documentary went on, it's told with quite a lot of wit, quite a lot of style, quite humorously, uh, with lots of examples of how he nicked other people's stuff and how he reused them time and time again in different movies, or even time and time again in the same film. Uh, all of a sudden, you begin to realise, hang on, the, the guy's got quite a bit of a, you know, a canny sort of knack to him, and you know, I kind of warmed to what this guy did. I've forgotten the guy's name, it's, it's long and unpronounceable anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's a nice little feature which you wouldn't normally have got. Uh, and you have some video photo galleries as well to round out the package uh, it's great, I, I love this kind of stuff I love the vintage horror movies Harryhausen films are a different strand again, you love the creatures you love the passion that he put into these things, the personality and the life that he gave these little clay effigies, but you rue the fact that the acting and the screenplays are very often uh, very sadly lacking Having said that, this is the best of the early bunch, and you know it looks fantastic on Blu-ray, and I recommend it wholeheartedly for you know for fans of this type of thing. It's great, definitely pick it up. Okay, thank you, Chris, and that wraps up our movie reviews for this month. Made by enthusiasts for enthusiasts. Wow, a free movie! Thanks. This is the AV Podcast. Hi, now this is Brian Day, DVD reviewer from AV Play. Uh, there's lots to look forward to uh, in the new year film-wise. My personal recommendation for January is Sweeney Todd, Demon Barber of Fleet Street, starring Johnny Depp and directed by Tim Burton. A winning combination if ever there was one. Look out also for my upcoming HD DVD review of The Kingdom, starring Jamie Foxx. Christmas Cracker or Christmas Turkey? Find out at AV Play shortly. Speaking of Christmas, I'd like to wish all our readers and their families a very happy Christmas and a prosperous new year. Thanks for supporting AV Play. 
Hi, it's Kaz Harlow here, one of the AV Forums reviewers. Uh, I'd just like to wish everybody a, a great Christmas and a fantastic New Year. Hope you all get a very merry and party hard and uh, come back to the site and uh, keep checking out those reviews. Uh, Happy New Year, guys. Hi, my name's Keith Hurst. I'm one of the reviewers for the AV Forums team. I'd like to wish everybody who's listening and everybody who's reading the forums a fantastic Christmas and a great New Year. Make sure you don't get too drunk on Hogmanay. We look forward to bringing you more reviews in the New Year. And in the meantime, I'm uh, expecting eagerly the Blu-ray release of The Simpsons, so look out for that review quite shortly. All the best. Hi, I'm Simon Crust, the review coordinator for AV Forums Movie Reviews, and I'd just like to wish all the readers and contributors to the forums a very Merry Christmas and a prosperous New Year. And I'd like to thank you for supporting the site by reading and hopefully enjoying my reviews, and I've certainly enjoyed writing them. Thanks very much. Hi there, I'm Ian Collins. Some of you may remember me from the AV Forums Gaming Podcast, which was sadly cold back in June of this year. Not bird flu, I must point out. It was purely economics, I'm sure. But unlike Murphy's, I'm not bitter, and I'll hopefully be back with more podcasts very soon with all the latest goings-on from the gaming world and from 360 Gaming Magazine that I'm still working very hard on. But I'd like to take this opportunity to wish all our listeners and readers at the AV Forums all the very best for Christmas and a very, very happy New Year. And uh, I promise to at least make a, a fair effort to coming back sometime in 2008 to make a um, what's been described as a possibly lackluster attempt at world domination but at the very least we'll try and put together a decent 10 minute slot for you on a regular gaming podcast giving you all the latest gaming news and reviews until then all the very best have a great new year and a very merry christmas hi this is neil davidson and i am the technical editor for the av forums I would like to wish all of our members a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hello folks, my name's Stuart Wright, I own AV Forums. Just wanted to uh, send you this little Christmas message. 2007 has been another successful year for AV Forums. We've seen a continued growth in both members, now at over 200,000, and visitors at over a million each month. After some teething troubles, our new servers finally settled down and I think everybody's experience of AV Forums is now pretty quick. As we move on into 2008, uh, we'll be bringing you more exciting content such as podcasts, hardware tests and, of course, lots more DVD, Blu-ray and HD DVD reviews. For their continued work, I want to thank all the reviewers and podcast contributors with special thanks going to Phil for keeping everything running smoothly. Uh, For their sometimes difficult work looking after the forums, I want to thank all the moderators past and present. Your work is very much appreciated, guys. And lastly, I want to thank all the AV Forums members for making our community the success it is. Hope everybody has a contented Christmas, a notable New Year and top-notch 2008. This is Phil Hinton saying thanks for listening. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll leave you with a shorter but funnier blooper reel for 2007. As always on the <coughs> podcast... Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <Viva>! <coughs> right. So you're saying the same day, what day of release is that? That's the 21st of this month. Which is? Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. Thursday. Friday. 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 Was that an echo? Did you just say that once? What month? Tomorrow.
Now that's scary, that. <laughs> okay. Oh, can I? Has anyone else got packages to open? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Why am I dreading this even more now, then? <laughs> Hang on a sec. This once, you know, made me feel fantastic when I saw a little package with that. Do not open until the podcast. God, here's a bad over. Me little lad's crying now as well. <laughs> why, why do I have a feeling you will be in a few minutes? Right, hang on a minute. What the f*** is that? <laughs> Michelle McManus, Christmas fitness title. <laughs> <laughs> Who the f***'s Michelle McManus? Is she fit? <laughs> I take it from that reaction she's not fit. Scottish big blimp. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can review that. <laughs> oh my God, you, is this is this really? Uh, she hasn't done a, a fitness DVD. This has got to be some kind of joke. Michelle <laughs> <Phil> McManus. <laughs> <laughs> this disc isn't big enough. <laughs> How long is it on for? Six years. Obviously, it's been reinforced with some of um, Michelle's. <laughs> <laughs> Because the team was virtually indestructible. I'm, I'm surprised the disc didn't come deep fried. <laughs> oh no! I've got to review that. I mean, couldn't you have got me? What's her name from Corrie? Janice Battersby. Hi guys, Michelle here. Just wants to wish you all a very merry Christmas. It's been a great year so Ooh. far, and happy New Cheers, Year. Cheers, love. You are a genuine inspiration. <laughs> I've just read that. <laughs> Two big shows coming up before the end of the year. And uh, moving on to our website. website. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, call it that if you want, but I don't think that's going to be good for business. <laughs> it's been a long day. Oh, I'm saving these ones for the, the blooper. So that's all we've got time for. Thanks for listening. Have a good Christmas and New Year. And we will be back again end of December for our 2007 roundups. And in January, the Home Cinema Podcast will come to you from Las Vegas and CES 2008. The AV Podcast was presented by Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.